Today with Catherine Ruinala. Well, if you want to turn with me, I'm starting tonight in the book of Hosea, chapter 6. And I'm reading from the New American Standard here. Um, normally I use the New King James, but Tom and the, they brought me a Christmas present a couple of years ago, NASB, so I've... I'm learning to like it. Hallelujah. You get familiar with your own translation, don't you? But it's it's been quite interesting. I'm going to start in verse 2. It says here, He will revive us after two days. He will raise us up on the third day that we may live before Him. So let us know. Let us press on to know the Lord. Will you say no? Let us press on to know the Lord. His going forth is certain as the dawn, and he will come to us like the rain, like the spring rain watering the earth. What shall I do with you, O Ephraim? What shall I do with you, O Judah? For your loyalty is like a morning cloud and like the dew which goes away early. Skipping down to verse 6, he says here, and you'll know this verse from it being requoted in the New Testament. For I delight in loyalty rather than sacrifice and in the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. In the New King James, it says, for I delight in mercy instead of sacrifice. And, but this, so it really struck me when I read it here as being translated what I would normally read as mercy. I delight in mercy rather than sacrifice. In this version, it, it said, for I delight in loyalty rather than sacrifice, and in the knowledge of God, rather than burnt offerings. I thought, loyalty and mercy don't sound very much the same, so let's have a little look. And when I had a look in the Hebrew, it translates that word actually as kindness. And actually, by implication, kindness toward God. So what's he saying here? I desire, the Lord is saying, I desire kindness toward me, mercy toward me, rather than sacrifice, and the knowledge of God, rather than burnt offerings. How unusual. How do you show kindness to God, who needs nothing? Well, God's heart here, you can hear his heart yearning. You know, God is not a concept or an emotionless supreme being. You and I are created in the image of God who created the whole world. And he has emotion. He has a fiery, passionate heart. And it's a heart that is full of love and yearns for your companionship. Yearns for your fellowship. In fact, it was for the joy set before him that Jesus endured the cross. And what was the joy that he was looking forward to? He was looking forward to you knowing him, having connection with him, being in relationship with him. Hallelujah. For I desire, I delight in loyalty rather than sacrifice. Loyalty to God, mercy toward God, kindness. It seems so strange. Mercy toward God, kindness toward God. But you can hear the yearning in his heart. This is what I long for. I'm not looking for you to have a religious relationship with me. I'm looking for you to have a real 
dynamic fellowship, that you would have the knowledge of me, that you would know me. Hallelujah. So how do we know God? No, the Bible tells us actually in John 17, where Jesus prays that beautiful prayer that we may be one, even as he and the Father are one. But John 17, 3 says this, and it's a memory verse. Who knows? Who can remember it? John 17, 3. This is eternal life, that you may know, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. This is eternal life, that they may know you. This is it. This is eternal life, that they may know you. It's everything. Hallelujah. The pinnacle of everything that Jesus has done, the whole purpose of us being alive, the, the, the secret of eternal life is that we may know him that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. So how do we know God? Who could tell me a few ways that we could know God, that we could be connected to God? How do we know God? Through the Bible, through reading the Bible. The Bible tells us in John 1.1, in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was was God. He's the living word. As we read the Bible, we are fellowshipping with him. Hallelujah. It's an opportunity. As I read the Bible, it's not, this isn't just reading about him. I'm getting to know him, yes, but I'm actually fellowshipping with him. The Holy Spirit speaking to me, quickening it to me, making it come alive. I'm, uh, I'm doing a slow walk through the Psalms. At the moment, I'm trying to discipline myself to do one in the morning, one in the evening. Sometimes I just want to skip ahead to the next one. But I'm trying to really enjoy and, and take time to hear the word of the Lord as he speaks to me through the Psalms at the moment. And it's just beautiful. And I was reading the other day in Psalm 35, verse 3. It's just a little, the second half of verse 3 there. David says to the Lord, say to my soul, I am your salvation. Such an interesting little verse. David's telling the Lord, tell me, say it to my soul. He's already declared it. I know this to be true. You, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? He knows it. It's the word of God. But he is asking for a personal word. Say to my soul that you're my salvation. Who knows what it's like when you hear from God personally, when God himself quickens a scripture to you, we go, oh, that was a word for me today. As you read something and it jumps off the page and you just know mm, God's speaking or you hear a word preached or, or you're asking him for help and the Holy Spirit reminds you of a scripture. There's something dynamic and living about it. God wants us to be living in the Word of God. It's a plumb line. It's, a, it's the light to our path. Hallelujah. And it's His way of helping us to know Him. How else can we know Him? The Bible tells us in Hebrews 11.6. Who knows this one? And without faith, 
It is impossible to please him. I think he can be a bit more vocal than this. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. So when we come to God to seek him, he's wanting us to have faith. Believe that as we look to him, as we seek him, he will speak to us. As we look for him, as we seek him, we will find him. That as we talk to him, that we'll expect him to speak back to us. Hallelujah. So without faith, it's impossible to please God, but it's also impossible to know him. We must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So you can ask him for help. Help, Lord. Help me to know you. And I believe you will give me that help. I believe that you will speak to me. Say to my soul. And he will help you. He'll speak to you. If you look with an expectation to hear, if you look with an expectation to see, hallelujah, he will make himself real to you. Another way that we can connect with God is through honest communication. Just really being honest with him. To know him is, to, is not just to know about him. You know, the Bible tells us that um, in Matthew 7, 22, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and in your name perform many miracles? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. What? I mean, it's, it's so hectic. He's not saying don't cast out demons, don't do miracles, don't prophesy. In fact, he says the opposite. When you go into a town, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. And, and, and he says, he tells us, scripture tells us that we should eagerly desire the greater gifts, especially that we may prophesy. He tells us all the way through scripture that we're not to um, preach the word with persuasive words of men's wisdom, but with demonstrations of the Spirit's power. So he's not against us moving in the power of God. He wants us to be baptized, to be clothed with power from on high and be moving in the miraculous. But he says, you can do all of that and still not know me. The knowing is what he's talking about back in Hosea chapter 6 there. This, uh, This is what I'm longing for. He says, it's not that I don't like sacrifice. It's not that I, I don't appreciate all these other things. But I, I long and yearn for, above all other things, I'm looking for your heart. I'm looking for you to show kindness to me. Have mercy on me. It's a bit like a parent longing for their child. It's like, oh, you, you, the intensity of a mother's love, and mothers will know, like it's fierce and it's strong. And you yearn for, for them to do well, to go well, to know God. It's, oh, you'd give your life for it. But it's only, it's, it's nothing. A mother's love is like rubbish compared to the love that the father has for us. His yearning, I mean, his yearning has got to be incredible. Because I've had parents come up on the altar with desperately big needs for miracles, physical healing in their own bodies, and I ask them, how can I pray? And they'll say, please pray for my son to be saved. I'm like, 
That's the top of the top of your mind right now while you're in intense pain. Yes. Well, that's what that's what a parent's love looks like, isn't it? How much more does the father yearn? Oh, I'm longing that you would know me. This is what I want. This is what I want from you. And um, so, but we can know him through honest communication, just getting very real with God, not pretending, but actually talking to him. If you don't know what to say, say the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, my Father and Jesus' Father. I come to you and talk to him, talk to you like Jesus talked to you, because I've been invited. And talk to him. Tell him what you're, what you're going through. This is how I feel. If you read the Psalms, David does it all the time. Oh, I feel like this, I don't understand this. Oh, help me, God. I know you'll help me. And um, God loves this because that's real relationship. He's not looking for you to put on a face. He wants your heart. And your heart is raw and real, and he wants to hear it. I mean, I, I tell you, it'd be strange if my kids, their relationship with me was, Mother, yes, I, we come to honor you today. It's lovely. You know, but if they actually came, if they come and they say, Look, I'm going through this, or can you, can you pray for me about this, or can you help me with this? It's, it's much more real. If they open up their heart and they start to tell me about things that they're going through, problems that they're having, it feels much more connected. The Father is the same. He wants to hear your heart. He loves your heart. He's not afraid of you. He says, you can come just as you are. I'm here. I'm your ever-present help in time of need. I remember being in Fiji when I was younger, um, sharing a testimony of how the Holy Spirit had touched my life and set me free from shame and fear. And it, I, I won't have time to share my testimony today, but just um, the visions that he gave me as I was on the altar that healed my heart, that showed me his love for me. And he set me free and delivered me and was speaking to me, telling me how much he loved me. And I was sharing this testimony at a Hindu school in Fiji, uh, the vice principal was a Christian and had gotten us in on the premise to talk about Easter. And, um, and so, and she asked me if I would share my testimony. So I did. And we gave the altar call for salvation afterwards through Jesus being the only way. 97% of the school and the teachers gave their hearts to Jesus. It was just amazing. And we had all the local pastors with us and they were able to follow up. It was astonishing. But their comments to me afterwards and the letters they kept writing to me afterwards were filled with this comment. You have a God who speaks back to you. We've never heard of a God that speaks back to you. Because he's the only true and living God. He's not a a false deity somewhere that we just have to serve and worship. He, he is a living God who loves us passionately and who speaks back to us, who has invited us into fellowship with him. Hallelujah. It's glorious and it's so, so powerful. And so as we seek him, we can have an expectation to see and to hear. Hallelujah. Seeking him with this, not this, oh, I hope God does something to me. Don't come on the altar and go, I hope God does something. 
But come with an expectation. God, you've said, if I seek you, I'll find you. You said, Lord, if I need help, you'll give it to me. So, Father, I'm coming to seek you. I want to know you. I want your help. Make yourself real to me. Help. That's how I got saved. I was in worship one day and just got honest with God. And I said, Lord, I believe in you, but I can't see you and don't know you. And it's very hard to worship someone I can't see and don't know. Help. And I expected he would. And he did. Suddenly the eyes of my understanding were enlightened in the knowledge of him. Ah, there you are. I know who I'm worshipping. He just made himself real. And he will do that if you'll come in faith, believing that he'll do that. And he'll do that every time you come to pray, every time you come to worship. If you'll come with a posture, I am seeking you with an expectation to find you. Hallelujah. Another way that we connect with him is in worship. That's why we prioritize worship here. You might think, well, why don't they just get on with it? Worship's not the warm-up for the main event. Worship is actually our opportunity to connect with God. Because we have a God who speaks back to us, when we worship God, it's not a one-way thing. It's us coming and saying, oh, God, thank you. We love you. And it's him saying, I love you. And it's us going, oh, God. He says, oh, your face is lovely and your voice is sweet. And my heart's going, oh, God, you are glorious. And he goes, I fill you with my glory. And it's this glorious divine cuddle. It's a two-way embrace. Now, you know, my little boy, he's not so little anymore, 21, hallelujah, rather tall. Um, but when he was little and I'd come home, he'd, he'd put his hands up in the air and go, Mommy, cuddles up. And I tell you, I, I'm not going to say to him, oh, well, hang on, we'll just go and find out if you've been good before. My mother's heart just goes, ah, go here. <laughs> How much more is the Father like that when we come and we lift up our arms and go, help, cuddle, help, I need help, I need some love. You see, you'll get as much help as you humble yourself to acknowledge that you need. You'll get as much help as you'll humble yourself to acknowledge that you need. But if you come thinking that you're rich and full and have need of nothing, then you'll not have an experience or an encounter with him because you haven't made any room for it, you haven't pulled on him, you haven't come with a need. But if you come acknowledging, God, I recognize I have been made in your image. My deep calls out to your deep. As the deer pants for water, so my soul longs for you. In a dry and thirsty land, I'm desperate to know you. I know, I recognize my heart yearns for the courts of the Lord. My heart yearns to know you, to talk with you, because there is nothing as good as being in your presence, beholding your face. There is nothing like you. Hallelujah. It's why we make room for the Holy Spirit, uh, why we encourage people. When the Lord touches you, don't get off the ground too quickly. Stay there. Let him minister to you because in his presence, face to face, the Lord has changed my life countless times over and over on the altar. The Holy Spirit 
spoken to my heart. He said to my soul, I'm your salvation. I'm your healer. I'm your strength. I'm your helper. I'm the faithful one. And when you hear it from him, you go, I worship you. And then he pours out his love on you and you go, oh, God. Then he says, pray for strength. The Holy Spirit will strengthen you so you can take more because I want to fill you with all my fullness. That's exciting. So I make no apologies for not having, you know, a really strict three songs and we'll move on and we'll have 20 minutes of worship and get going. You know, not that there's anything wrong with that, but I, my heart desire is for a community that would know him. You know, they're doing miracles and prophesying, and, but I want them above all else to know him, to have connection with him so that when they feel discouraged, so that when insults come, so when rejection happens, when they feel discouraged and they don't understand, they are anchored and grounded in this one thing I do know. My God is for me. He's on my side. Hallelujah. He will never leave me. He'll never forsake me. I can lift up my eyes and know that he is right there. And he is my ever-present help in time of need. He is the one thing, the one person, the one that I can completely rely on 24-7. He is God Almighty, faithful and true, glorious and high and lifted up, and he thinks about me. In fact, his thoughts about me can't even be numbered. He is gloriously obsessed with you. More than you have let yourself realize. In fact, more than you are humanly able to comprehend. That's why you need strength, because it would terrify you how much God passionately loves you, thinks about you, longs for you. It's, it's more than you're, you can emotionally, humanly process. So most of the time we just say, that's enough. Okay, that's enough. But I believe the, whole, the, the, the Lord is wanting us to ask him for the Holy Spirit to give us strength and power to be able to take and drink more deeply from the river of his pleasure than we've ever done before, that we would yield to this fiery love so that we could receive him. Hallelujah. In all the fullness that he wants to pour out. This is eternal life, that they may know you. Hallelujah. We know the scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If I speak with tongues of men and of angels but do not have love, I become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. Again, it doesn't mean that it's not good to have all of those things, but if you have it without love, it's nothing. It's nothing because there is only one thing that is the most important thing. And if you get that, you get everything. That is the knowledge of him. Second Peter chapter 1, he's given us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the knowledge of him. Through knowing him, we have access to everything. 
But if we, if we just work the principles, the principles will work. If we use the gifts, the gifts will work. But if we set our face like flint to say, God, I'm making room for you. I want, my, I want it to be said of you that my heart is loyal to you. That my, my loyalty isn't like the morning dew that's there momentarily and gone. But I want your help, Holy One, to make my heart loyal to you. Where I remember, where I taste and see the truth that you are good, that you are God, you are faithful. And that I come to give you my life as a worship offering to you. So it's not about what I do, though the doing is a natural and good thing and overflow, a, a, a fruit of abiding in him. But it all flows from the knowledge of him, from knowing him. Do you know him? Created Adam and Eve so that he could have fellowship with them. He made them in his image image so that they could have he could have fellowship with someone like him 